Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensah Wood. Oh my God. Thank God for His presence. In this series, we have been studying the most, a very most important subject, the subject of prayer. I trust your life is being blessed. You're getting closer to the Lord. You are praying not only for yourself, but for others, for cities, for nations. And your prayers will make a difference in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. What do you do? Sometimes you pray and you don't see the results immediately. What do you do? Sometimes you pray, you, get, you may be tempted to be discouraged, to give up, to throw in the towel. What do you do? We are talking about how to persist in prayer. Isaiah 18, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, he says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Mark that phrase, there is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he gathered up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There is nothing. He's praying. Now, we have to talk, let's go back to Elijah and talk about his background. He had a very effective prayer life to the extent that James gives us an example of his life in the book of James. So here he went to Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, and then he said to him that, look, there's no going to be rain all these years except at my word. You see, here in this account, it doesn't say that he prayed. But James, by the revelation of the Spirit of God, tells us how effective his prayer was. James chapter 5. Let's go back and look at it again. James chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Elijah was a man. He was a man like, just, like, just like us. You see him even at some point getting discouraged after, after he defeated the prophets of Baal. He was running away from Jezebel. So he was a man just like that. He, got to get, he had his days. He ate. You see, you see that when he proclaimed the drought, the ravens came to feed him. He used the bathroom just like all of us. He just, he's a man. But the difference was he prayed. He says he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. So here he's telling us what was behind his declaration. When he went to Ahab and said, look, nothing will happen except at my word. He had already prayed. See, prayer is what makes the difference. Sometimes we make declarations, but with nothing behind it. 
The Bible says that he was a man. You see, faith has to be undergathered by prayer. And so many times that's the issue when it comes to prayer. For instance, we'll come back to this, but notice Jude 1. Jude 1, he says, verse 20, it's only one chapter, he says, But you, beloved, building, up, building yourself up on your most holy faith, doing what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. So prayer undergirds our faith. Praying in, build up yourself like an edifice upon your most holy faith. Praying. You need to have fellowship with God in prayer for the faith to work. Through prayer and through his word. So he prayed. That is why his faith worked. We know that. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying. So the first time he goes... To Ahab and says to him, look, there's not going to be any rain except at my word. We talked about this in there is authority in prayer. God has delegated authority to us. So when the time came for rain to come, God didn't bypass him. He goes to him and says, look, you are the one that shut up the heavens. Go and unlock it. So the Bible says, verse 18, James 5, 18, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So here James summarizes, but we have the full account in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 to 46. The first time when he prayed for heavens to be locked up, we don't have the account there of how he prayed. But here, the Holy Spirit in 1 Kings 18, 41, gives us the account of his prayer and gives us some inside information into his prayer. So, it's time for rain to come back. He goes to the king and says to the king again, that look, there is rain going to come. But then, after he did that, he put, bowed, put his face between his knees. That's a posture of prayer. And began to pray. But when he prayed, the answer did not come immediately. And this is a great area where many fail. I prayed and I've not yet seen the answer. Pastor, what should I do? I prayed for my family. I prayed for my child to be saved. I prayed for my grandchild to be saved. I prayed for my husband. I prayed for my wife. I prayed for my co-worker. I prayed for my business. I prayed for my health. Pastor, what should I do? He says the first time he prayed and there is nothing. See, the prophetic word, we talk about this, wage warfare with the prophetic word. The word, of, the word has gone forth, but the prayer comes together to see the fulfillment of the prophecy. Ahab, go and eat and drink. There's the sound of abundance of rain. And here there is, he's prayed, and there is no sign of rain. There's no sign of abundance anywhere. Most people at this point give up. Most people at this point say, hmm, I've... Some people lose their faith over unanswered prayer when there is nothing, nothing. 
What do I do? That is the time to stand your ground. Notice seven times. First time, nothing. Second time, nothing. Third time, nothing. Fourth time, nothing. Fifth time, nothing. Sixth time, nothing. So go again. So we're talking about there are different kinds of prayer. There are some prayers that you have to persist and stay in that place of faith till you see the answer. Amen. That's a key issue. Keep going, check again. What do you do? Take, for instance, John chapter 11. John 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, the Bible says, John 11, one, now there was a certain man a sick, was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, notice this, he said, this sickness, it's just the same principle here, we'll see that here. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through, through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And in the process of time, Lazarus dead. <laughs> Lazarus died. They come to Jesus. They said, look, your friend is sick. And you, Martha and Mary, they've been feeding Jesus. Jesus stops by occasionally, has a meal. They have a good time. Jesus preaches in their house. The whole place is jammed. And now we called you to come and you didn't come. And now our brother is dead. There is nothing. They've asked Jesus. Nothing. It's gone from bad to worse. The situation is getting worse. That marriage is getting worse. The health situation is getting worse. The financial situation is getting worse. So what, is there something that is slipping out of your hands? And it seems like there is nothing. Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. So he also did the same thing. He made his declaration. But later on, we will find out that he also prayed. He also prayed. What is slipping out of your hand? Take this woman, for instance. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 23. 2 Kings. We have to face this fact. These are not in the Bible just to, 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 to fill our space. Because it's... Every day is not as smooth as it is, as, 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 like that. This woman, the Bible says, uh, again, similar situation. The, the man of God stops by. Elisha stops by. He prepared a room for the man of God, put a lamp in there. He comes, he studies, gives him bread, takes good care of the man of God. And one day the man of God said, look, what is it? You've been taking good care of us. Uh, what's the need here? Oh, the, the woman said, no, I'm okay. I don't need anything. I dwell my, among my own people. 
Then Elisha said, no, Gehazi, you know Gehazi, he knows the inside information. He said, this woman doesn't have any child. He said, oh, Elisha said, really? Call, call her back. Next year, so there are some situations you even give up on. You stop praying about it. Don't touch this area. The woman said, look, I don't have, I don't have need of anything. She's given up totally about it. But God remembered her for her act. He said, next year you will have a child. And sure enough, the child came. And in the process of time, the child has passed away. And look at her response. What do you do on that, on that dark day? So it says in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 23. So he said, why are you going to him today? That's the husband. It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. She said, it is well. Then she saddled her donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Camel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant, Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run down to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? Notice her response. And she answered, it is well. Is your husband okay? Yes. Are you okay? Yes. Somebody has just died. Is the child also okay? The child is dead. She responded and said, it is well. What do you do on a dark day like that? And later on, the son was raised back to life. Let's, let's look at some steps, some things we can do in those scenarios when there is nothing. One, recognize the source of the opposition. Recognize the source of the opposition. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. He says that, talking about the devil, he says, Whose mind the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, Lest the light of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. He calls, it, calls the devil the God of this age. Recognize the source of the opposition. God is a good God. The devil is a bad devil. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, John 10 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So the stealing, the killing, and the destruction is not God. Recognize the source of the opposition. The thief, he comes to steal your health. He comes to steal from you. He, from, I mean, causes the breakdown. Some of those things comes to steal your, your relationship, your marriage, comes to steal your, your finances, comes to steal your children, your grandchildren. You brought them in the house of God. But for some reason, they've gone out. He's the one recognized the source of the opposition. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. And that they may have it more 
more abundantly. Recognize the source of the opposition. The source of the opposition is not God. God is not the one opposing you. The devil is the one that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Because the Bible says in James 1.17, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Good gifts come from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So recognize the source. If it is good, it comes from God. If it is bad, the devil is sourcing the God of this old age. He's the one opposing you. Another name is for, is, is, is for his name is op opposer. He opposes the plan of God. He opposes God's perfect plan for your life. God is not the one stealing from you. God is not the one killing. God is not the one responsible for the destruction. Every good. So recognize, because if sometimes you think man is your, is your problem. If you think, I mean, man is your problem, you will fight man. But if you recognize the source of why this thing is not coming through sometimes, then you know what to go after. So recognize the source of your opposition. Two, stand your ground. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, he says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14. Stand therefore. Notice how he repeats stand or withstand in different forms. Having your, gathered your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So within a few verses, you have stand, stand, withstand, stand four times. <laughs> stand your ground. Stand your ground. If Elijah had given up the first round, he would not have seen any rain. You will not have seen it. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. The Shunammite woman said, it is well. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but it is well. I don't know what this, what, how this is going to turn out, but it is well. Stand your ground. Don't throw in the towel. Then he said, take out the armor of God, but stand. Four times he tells you in a few verses, stand. And he tells you how to stand using the armor of God. Stand your ground. Don't throw in the towel. Maybe you are at the point. You are at the point of giving up. 
You see, but like for instance, George chapter 3, verse 10 says, Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Do like that. Like the Shunammai woman. The child is dead, but it is well. I am weak, but I'm standing my ground. Thank God for his strength. Amen. The weak person has to speak strength to receive strength. <laughs> the weak person has to speak strength to receive strength. If he speak, keeps speaking weakness, he's going to stay in weakness. The Shunammite woman has to say it as well before things become well. Stand your ground. Let the weak say, I am strong. So Jesus, for instance, in the case of Lazarus, stayed behind. But before he left, he said, look, this situation is not unto death. Then when you got there, the person has been dead for four days. Stinking situation. The people said, no, this one is, Jesus, don't go, don't go, don't go too far. But notice that Jesus did the same thing. He prayed. And not only did he pray, which brings me to the third point, be thankful. So Jesus spoke just like Elijah. Then he prayed. We know that he prayed because he says in John 11 verse 41, John 11 verse 41, he says that. Then, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He did not, the first time he prayed was not at the tomb. So that's the, sometimes the, the thing we miss. He spoke the words, then he prayed. Then he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 42, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. That's the, that's the key issue. I thank you that you've heard me. He did just like Elijah. He spoke, then he prayed. But while he prayed, while Lazarus was still in the tomb, while nothing has changed, while there is nothing, he didn't go there and say, hmm, Lord, what are we going to do here? <laughs> These people are saying that the body is thinking. By now, Lazarus is thinking. By now, Lord, this situation has gone too far. This marriage issue, this issue with my children, my finances, it's gone too far. What am I going to do? But Jesus, says, Father, I thank you. I thank you. So have an attitude of thanksgiving. Be thankful. There is always something you can find to thank God about. That's a key to prayer. <laughs> there is always something you can find to thank God about. The Bible says, the psalmist says, all these beautiful songs are written and then 
where as he's, as, as he's getting to the end, he ends with praise. Praise. You're up against a wall, so you praise. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He talks about different scenarios in the psalm to praise the Lord. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him when you are in church. Praise him when you are in the car. Praise him when you are on the job. Praise him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Lord, I slept and I awoke because you sustained me, the Bible says. In that time where there seemed there is nothing, maintain an attitude of thanksgiving. Jesus said, I thank you. Lazarus is in the grave, but I thank you. There is nothing in the natural to be thankful about. But I thank you. Oh Lord, I am grateful. Psalm 3 verse 5. I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord. So send me. Other people slept and didn't wake up. Find something to thank God for. <laughs> like we say, it could always be worse. <laughs> what is worse than a dead person? It's gone. Even then. Jesus said, I thank you, you've heard me. So thank God when you pray, he heard you. When you, pre you prayed, he heard your cry. Lord, look, the money is running out in the bank account. But there's some money there. There's something else there. It's not running right out yet. <laughs> it's not finished yet. <laughs> Jeremiah 13 verse 19 says, Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of those who make merry. I will multiply them, and they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. They will thank me, I will multiply. Jesus, when they brought those bread and fish to him in John chapter 6, the Bible says he himself knew what he would do. He himself knew what he would do. John 6, 6. That's what puts you in command. Knowledge of what to do puts you in command of any... It doesn't matter what the situation is. He didn't complain and say, look... What are we going to do with this? That's what the disciples said. Even if this small thing, what are we going to do? He himself knew what he would do. What is it that he knew to do? Verse 11, John 6, and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. There is nothing. But Elijah, as soon as he small, saw a small cloud, he said, that's it, enough. Thank you, Lord, enough. 
So during the time where it seems like there is nothing, have an attitude of thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 4 says that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I like it in the class of Alabama. And Philippians is an interesting letter because he's writing this letter to them from prison. <laughs> to people who are outside. And he says to them, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. The people outside should be telling him to rejoice. He's telling the people outside to rejoice. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Then verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God. I like how the classic amplifier puts it. He says that with thanksgiving, continue to make. It's like thanksgiving is how you stand your ground. Thanksgiving is how you stay in that place of not giving up. Of not throwing in the towel. And saying, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Lord, thank you that you heard my prayer. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you will come through. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, what I'm seeing may not be saying that to me. But Lord, in the name of Jesus... I agree with your word. I agree with your word. Let's read it from the classic amplified. He says that. Thank you, Lord. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Don't worry. Fret, anxious, panic attacks. <laughs> Don't worry. Because worry is not going to change anything. If you have time to worry, you have time to pray. Said, so if you have time to worry, you have time to pray. It says, instead of worrying, he gives God tells you what not to do, then he tells you what to do. I like that about God. He'll only leave you, you stranded. But in every circumstance and in everything, we're talking about this, everything by prayer. By prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So be thankful. Maintain an attitude of gratefulness. He himself knew what to do. He lifted it up and gave thanks. That's what causes the multiplication. Maintain an attitude of thanksgiving. Instead of staying up all night worrying, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay this bill? Instead, go with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. And even take it a step further. Thank God for the relationship. You have. Thank God for Pastor Paul. <laughs> thank God for his family. <laughs> Find something to thank God for. <laughs> take your mind. <laughs> and thank God for somebody. Pray for somebody else. 
with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. He's got it. And as you do, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, just like Elijah, the rain came, your rain will come. Amen. You will see the answer. Just like with the Shunammite woman, the child came back to life. Anything in your life, just like Lazarus was raised back from the dead, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, anything that seems to be slipping, anything that is dead that is supposed to be alive, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see it coming back to life. I see it coming back to life. I see it coming back to life. I see that relationship restored. I see your health being restored. I see your finances turn around. I see that child come back to the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I see that business turned around. I speak life to any death situation in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus as you maintain your position stand your ground thank God I see a turn around in Jesus name with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God thank you Lord Jesus Maybe you've been told that nothing good can come out of your life. <laughs> oh, but God has a plan. God has a plan. Dr. Ora Roberts was a stammerer. He couldn't even talk. He went to school, and for him to bring out one word was a struggle. And the people were laughing at him. And every time he came home, the mother encouraged him and said, Ora God called you to pray. Thank God for praying mothers. Thank God for encouraging mothers. God called you to preach the gospel. And you will preach the gospel to the whole world. The person can't even talk. Seems like way out there. And look at what God did through his life. Dr. Yonggi Cho, South Korea, the same thing. South tuberculosis. Buddhist, Buddhist. That's all he knows. And lying on his bed, young boy. He cried out to God, and God delivered him and did mighty things through him. Nothing is gone too far for God to restore. Dr. Kenneth Hagin had disease, said you are not going to live beyond a certain age. Through faith and through prayer, God transformed his life. Oh, no matter what. I've seen drug addicts. God, you see, people look at them and say, nothing good. I've seen God take them out, make them good fathers, good husbands, good business people, some preachers. God can turn any stinking situation around. But sometimes when it seems like there is nothing, when it seems that it's gone too far, and there is nothing. One, recognize the source of the opposition. Two, stand your ground. Three, be thankful. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Let's thank God for his word. 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 We trust this podcast was a blessing. 
Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535. 